Okay, welcome to this next episode of the Life, Health, and Career podcast. In parentheses, in that order, um, I haven't really talked a little, you know, much about how I came up with that name, but um, that is kind of the areas of coaching that I work on with nurses and nurse practitioners and other healthcare practitioners. Um, and it's like life coaching, health coaching, career coaching. We kind of do all of those things, so that that title just really made sense. And if I look at the order in which I want my clients to prioritize things, having a really good, full, healthy life, and then, you know, physical, mental, emotional health for themselves, and then focusing on their career and giving from that kind of stable foundation. Um, that is why I kind of chose that name, because that really encapsulates the work that I do with my clients. So um, welcome. So glad you're here. So glad that you found us. This is a podcast where you get a behind the scenes look at the real life transformations that happen when high achieving female healthcare professionals decide they are not willing to sacrifice their own well-being for their careers. Um, and I think that if any of that feels um, applicable to you, you are in the right place and we're really glad that you're here. I'm Britt Steckel. I'm the host. I am a critical care nurse practitioner, a yoga teacher, lifestyle and career coach, like I mentioned. And over the last few years, I have created this very booked out coaching practice that includes one-on-one -on -one clients, group programs, retreats, etc. And um, in each of the episodes, I'll be sharing some of my favorite tips and tricks that I've learned from working with coaching clients um, who have started from a place of burnout and are now really, really thriving. Um, I will be sharing all of the things that I've learned in working with that kind of um, client and really doing that work for myself first. Um, so you're going to get a lot of really fresh, real life examples, lessons, you know, life hacks, mindset shifts, et cetera, that make my life better and have really worked with my clients. Um, and that has really allowed us to create lives that we really, really love. So if you are a female healthcare professional who is ready for peace and balance, stay tuned and you'll find all of that here. You'll gain support um, and insight for your own journey towards becoming burnout proof and really creating a life that feels really good to live and then giving from there. Um, that's kind of like the burnout proof part is learning how to fill your cup first and how to create a life that's really supported and restful and restorative on purpose so that you are giving and taking care of people from a place of overflow and abundance and being so well taken care of and so well rested and so well resourced that you can't help but want to help other people have the same for themselves. So that's kind of the the gist of becoming burnout proof is like learning how to fill your own cup first. Everything in the cup is for you and everything that's extra that, you know, flows from abundance and comes, um, you know, comes over the top of the edge of the cup, that's what you give to other people. So getting yourself really well taken care of first and then giving from there is kind of the recipe to becoming burnout proof versus what a lot of us are taught to do is to give and give and give until we cannot give anymore, <laughs> scrape the bottom of the barrel, and then, you know, try to refill and recuperate from there. That is just not a sustainable practice. So learning how to take care of yourself first and learning how to not feel like that's selfish is exactly what we do to become burnout proof. So if that feels like a good fit for you, you're in the right place. And I'm really glad you're here. 
Okay, so this episode is kind of like our third in this first little series. I wanted to get um, some of the resources that have been kind of hard to access on my website for the last four years. Um, there was this set of meditations for pre-work, pre-shift, post-shift, and your day-off practices that a lot of people have found their way to and have downloaded, but I want to just to put them right here on the podcast all in one place so they're easy to send and reference and save and everything. So um, getting these out first and then I'm slowly getting um, some really cool ideas for some brand new stuff to make. I'm actually, I have interviews for two of my clients set up um, that you're going to get to hear from um, nurses who are really doing a good job creating a creative um, life that is making healthcare work for them. So they have pieced together careers that fit their schedule, that are in direct support of their core values. And they're so think outside the box. And I absolutely love that. And I want you to hear from them. So I have two of those interviews lined up and I can't wait for you guys to get to know my clients because they're amazing. And they're doing a really cool, um, doing a really good job creating cool nursing um, careers that are very um, unique and serve them and allow them to bring the stuff they're passionate about to to the world. And I can't wait for you to hear from them because um, they're just like the most energized, fired up people. They're so passionate and I absolutely love that about them. And I don't want to keep that from you. I want you to be able to hear from them as well. Okay, little personal update um, today for my personal update is going to be do not underestimate the healing power of getting enough sleep. Um, I actually was just going through some of the old workshops that I've done in the Facebook group because I want to, you know, redo them here on the podcast. And one of them was all about nurses and shift work and yoga and restorative yoga for sleep and sleep hygiene and things like that. And I think I'm going to probably make that into an its entire own episode. Um, but I think that for me, this is the one that has been the most um, important for me recently. Obviously, having an 11-month-old, um, sleep has been very interesting. Some ups and downs. On average, she's a pretty good sleeper. Um, but me and my husband really this weekend really embraced sleep and catching up on rest and sleep. And I feel so much better. So if you're someone who's been like, I don't know if you've ever heard of this term revenge bedtime procrastination, but it's kind of where you feel like your life is really full and you um, are trying to stay up later to feel like you have a little bit more free time. So maybe there's like a show you've been wanting to catch up on, or you're just like scrolling or reading and really not getting, you know, seven, eight, however many hours of sleep that you need per night. I'm really trying to like pack in life or kind of burn candle and, you know, burn your candle at both ends, whatever they say. Um, if you feel like you've been doing that, I highly recommend just doing a little experiment, even just like a weekend or a week where you're like, nope, sleep is my number one main priority. And I promise I will catch up on scrolling or watching, you know, binging my show at a later time, but just doing a little bit of an experiment um, with just having a very restful, like sleep, not just resting, like sleep, um, catch up weekend or week. I, I would love to hear if anyone else does an experiment about that because I feel so much better. So 
you know, it's really tempting to be like, well, it must be nice for this person or it must be nice for that person or I can't have that. And it's really tempting to have all these excuses of why you can't have like a week or two weeks or a month or a year or a life that prioritizes sleep. Um, but if you have kids, you know, maybe you have a partner, you can, one of you can sleep in on a Saturday, one of you can sleep in on a Sunday. Is there, you know, someone that you can ask to, you know, watch your kids um, so you can take a nap in the afternoon, like get creative, rely on your village. If you don't have a village, create one and um, find a way to have a restful um, just catch-up week. I highly recommend it that I feel like a new person. The other thing that I'm kind of doing this week is, so I'm recently contingent at, in my NP job, which is awesome, and I'm, you know, doing one weekend, two weekends a month or so, um, but it's so hard to get myself to go to bed really early when I haven't done it for a long time. So when I work ICU, I usually get up by 3.30 or 4. And obviously, I don't get up that early the rest of my life. So when I'm going two weeks or three weeks in between shifts, um, it's really, really hard to get myself to go to bed that early and wake up that early. Like, it's kind of a struggle. So this week, my plan is to try to shift my sleep schedule a little bit every day between now and when I work on Saturday so that waking up at four o'clock on Saturday morning isn't going to be as painful because on the last shifts that I worked, I hadn't gotten up that early. I mean, aside from, from baby care, but I haven't got, hadn't gotten up for work that early in like two months. And it was nearly impossible for me to fall asleep early enough to feel good by the next morning. So that was kind of a struggle. So obviously I learned that lesson and I'm going to try to shift my sleep a little bit. So I'm kind of thinking that's going to look like going to bed like 20 or 30 minutes earlier every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, hopefully going to bed at like 7.38 um, to try to get a full night's sleep before having to get up at 3.30 or 4. So that's just kind of what I've been working on is like some sleep hygiene and catching up on rest. Um, and if you feel like trying the challenge, I would highly recommend just picking a week and like making like letting everyone know your main priority is to get eight hours of sleep for like, you know, seven nights in a row and report back what happens. Because I have found that when I get enough sleep, it changes my experience of my awake time so much that it's like, you know, it's like a no brainer that sleep improves my quality of life. Um, and I know it's so tempting to be like, must be nice for other people. But to be honest, if my clients can figure it out and I can figure it out with an 11 month old, I'm pretty sure you can figure it out too. And yes, you may have to make some sacrifices on some other things that you like to fill your time with, but I can guarantee you your experience of being alive <laughs> during the day when you're well rested will be totally worth it especially if you're having to go into work. Um, but yeah, I think that that's just kind of my little personal update is like, ugh, do not underestimate the power, the healing power of getting enough sleep, especially on your mental health and your outlook. Okay. Then my client updates for this week. This is a really interesting one. And this has come up with two different clients in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of the things I work with with my clients on is obviously we do a lot of financial education first so we can stabilize to make sure that their, um, you know, income and expenses are balanced and that they're safe and that they can cut, hopefully cut back on some overtime as needed, maybe paying off loans, getting a little bit creative, et cetera. Um, that's usually one of the first things. After that, we kind of really get clear on their core goals. So for example, I have two clients. I'll kind of share this with two examples because this can pretty much cover everybody. 
I have one client who has a school-age kid, and for her, her main goal right now is wanting to be available for the drop-off and pickup time for her daughter. Now, she has recently moved to a more rural location because that was in, you know, that was one of the goals of their, you know, family was to move to this new location. So now she's a little bit farther from different healthcare systems and a couple of the other places that she's very qualified to work in. And she wants to be available at, I guess it's probably like 8.30 and 3.30 for pickup and drop off. <clears throat> so those are her core goals. Now her job is to find, or her, you know, her next move is to find a job in healthcare or in one of her other specialties that she's qualified in that fits that time frame, And it has proven to be very difficult in a more rural location. There's a few less options and those are pretty um, tight hours for, you know, most healthcare positions and nursing is, you know, being available for pickup and drop off and not really wanting someone else to take care of her kids. And so for right now that is her main goal is finding some sort of income that, you know, allows her to be present for her kids' schedule. We kind of, she applied for a bunch of different jobs that maybe kind of fit the schedule. She could probably make it work and kind of nothing was fitting. So we got a little bit creative and we were talking about like this idea of like knowing one of the perks of working in nursing and obviously, you know, if you're in medicine, it's a little bit different. If there's some of the other healthcare roles, this is not as applicable. But in nursing, at least, one of the huge benefits is that you can leave and come back to the healthcare industry pretty easily. There's om they're almost always hiring some sort of position. You might not have your ultimate schedule or, you know, favorite unit, but you can almost always leave and come back from, from nursing, which is a really huge benefit um, and perk that I don't ever want anyone to forget. The other thing is it's really tempting. And this came up for this client was like, there is such an ego about like, well, I spent so much money, you know, getting this nursing degree. Or I put in so much work and effort of getting this degree or I'm, you know, had student loans or debt. I did so much. There's like this sunk cost fallacy thing of like, if I can't work in healthcare or nursing, like I can't imagine myself working in any other capacity. And we were kind of talking about keeping an open mind of if we can leave and come back to nursing relatively easy, if it's in support of your family's goals or like this one season of your life where maybe being available for drop off and pick up for your kids is the most important part, there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking a job that might fit your hours that you prefer that might not be in healthcare if that is your goal for a season of your life. So for this client, she was talking about like, man, if I could find a job where I worked like 10 to 2 or 10 to 3, it's like obviously nearly impossible in healthcare to find um, that kind of schedule she was, we were kind of like talking about being open-minded about like, okay, if you're, you know, her, her income goal, thankfully she has a husband who also works like her income goal right now, you know, is just a few thousand bucks. Like what would it mean or what would it be like for her to work in a non-healthcare role for a couple years until her daughter learns how to drive? Like what, like, is there an ego that is preventing us from doing that? Is there like a, it's just not done? Um, you know, once you have um, a nursing degree, it's like really tempting to think I could never work in any other role, even if that was more in alignment with 
her family's goals or her schedule needs and, you know, being there present for her kids. And so we kind of talked about this idea of um, looking at some of the tea shops in the area. And I, she was like, oh, my gosh, she's like, it's so funny that you mentioned a tea shop because she's like, there actually is a tea shop by my daughter's school that I would love to, you know, it would be like such a great place for me to meet new people because she's new to that to that area. Um, like that the scheduling would fit. It would be kind of fun. It would bring in, you know, just a couple thousand dollars a month, which is all her goal is and allow her to be present for her daughter for pickup. It like met every other possible criteria aside from being in healthcare. And we kind of talked about like how sometimes our ego can get in the way. And it's like, Oh, if we could just release that belief that once you work in nursing or healthcare, that you can never do any other job, even temporarily, that can really hold you back um, from, you know, designing a life that is in direct support of your core values, especially if there's like a time in your life where you want to have specific hours because you want to be present with your kids, or maybe you have a sick parent that you want to be flexible to take care of. Um, let's just keep an open mind that there might be times in your life where it's very, very, very okay to take a temporary job in another industry or another field. Um, I don't know. Like I, that just kind of came up as like a, yeah, but it's never done. And like for her, it was like, oh my God, what would my parents say after helping me through nursing school to be like, why are you working at a freaking tea shop or something like, and we were just kind of talking about like, well, it's not her parents' life. And if it means that she can be present for her daughter, what, you know, what a beautiful, um, a, the ability to do that is just a really beautiful gift that she can give her daughter. So it's kind of funny. We were just like chuckling about that. And she was like, oh my gosh, she's like, I actually did used to be a barista. <laughs> so she was like, you know what, maybe I'll look into that. Something similar came up with another client actually, um, kind of with her partner. So another client has been like lifelong night shifter and her partner also night shifter. And when we first started working together, she was like, never, I'm night shift or nothing. I love night shift. Me and my partner love night shift. We love being night owls. This works for us. And then it's just kind of funny the last like couple months, she was like, uh, I might be ready to shift to day shift. So she, um, you know, put out some applications and um, I'd love to report that she got a really cool like day shift clinical liaison type of type of um, job offer that she took. But for her and her partner, it was important that they be on the same shift because that's kind of hard when one person's night shift and one person's day shift. And um, her partner had also been working in healthcare, but in that time frame, couldn't really find a position on day shift like as easily as my client could. And so their kind of workaround there was that the partner took a job, you know, she used to work in healthcare, took a job in this candle shop so that she could be a day shifter while her partner was also a day shifter. And because for them in that part of in this part of their life, being on the same schedule is really important to them. Because, you know, they want to prioritize their relationship and be able to see, see each other and not have be on opposite shifts. So I think that that is just like really helpful to keep an open mind of like, there are other ways to make money. And what a blessing it is in nursing that we can sometimes come and go. It's flexible for when you're raising kids or you have just, you know, transitional things in your life. Um, but almost always the only thing that would be stopping you from taking a job outside of healthcare, even if it's like the perfect fit for your schedule or for your partner is our ego. 
and it's kind of weird. And I, there's just like a lot of ego wrapped up in getting advanced degrees or like a lot of people are like, this is the, I'm the first person in my family to go to college. Like how dare I take a job in a tea shop when I could be working in healthcare and just, I don't know. Um, that's not a complete like, um, theory that I have, but just permission to think outside the box a little bit. If you are at a point in your life where you're like, I need a break from healthcare, like it's okay to take one. Um, another funny example I have is we, um, I one time hosted this mastermind with, um, another nurse coach and we had a client who wanted to do it and she ended up working at a vineyard so she could pay pay for that experience and I thought that was so awesome she's like I can't bear to pick up another nursing hour and OT is just like off the table but she was like it was like something that she was interested in and she um you know took like a little summer side part-time job at a vineyard and I thought that was just like a really cool creative way to like get what you want in life um and not just feel like because you've never seen something someone in nursing work outside of nursing that you would not be able to do that yourself. So permission granted to look outside of healthcare sometimes if it would be in direct support of your goals. Um, that's one of the beauties of healthcare is in, at least in nursing is that we can kind of come and go, which is a really cool benefit that not a lot of people in other industries have. Okay. So those are kind of my personal and client updates. This episode is going to be about your day off. And this is kind of going to be a short snippet of a much bigger workshop that I've taught quite a few times in my Facebook group. And honestly, I'm going to make it into its entire own episode. Um, I have taught this multiple times in the Facebook group is this like creating a day off ritual. And this is just going to be some tiny snippets from that process. And later on, there will be a full episode on this. And hopefully by then I'll remember to put the link to that bigger full episode where we can really do a deep dive into day off practices for self-care. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get this like little snippet up here and yeah, I hope it's helpful. This will be for things that you can do to recover on your days off to help you release your last shift to help you kind of transition from being a healthcare employee to then being in your real life as a mother, as a wife, or as, you know, just a person out in the community, um, maybe as a creative. Remember, we talked about all of those different multifaceted pieces of us. Um, please, please take care of all those multifaceted parts of yourselves. And sometimes having like a ritual or like a practice to kind of disconnect from the healthcare part of you, disconnect from the giver, you know, caregiver role and kind of transition into more. So today we're going to talk about our day off rituals. So how we can heal on our days off to make sure that we can create a sustainable caregiving practice that can last a long time without burnout. So one of the things I always teach my clients is really the difference between a ritual and a routine, right? Those words sometimes kind of get thrown around as being kind of similar. They're not. A routine is really an activity that you do automatically without thinking. It's a habit. You schedule, it is a schedule, right? It's like things that you do um, without even thinking, things that are set in stone that kind of roll off the tongue, roll off your schedule. They make things more efficient. They are really great for getting out of the house on time. 
A ritual, on the other hand, these are activities that mark a special occasion. It's a mindful moment. It usually has some sort of purpose, like letting go or embodiment or looking back and reflecting on an event that has transpired. So I like to think of it as a mark in time. Everything else that was came before this time. Everything that's going to happen comes after this time. It's really getting in touch with the present moment. Okay. I like to teach my nurses that having a day off ritual, some mark in time where we can let go of our previous shifts, let go of what has happened in the past and kind of move forward as the newer healed version of ourselves can be done through a day off ritual. So one of the things to kind of, um, you know, where we say like this event has a purpose is like letting go or embodiment, a really helpful one for days off is I embrace rest without judgment. So many of us are kind of addicted to productivity. We love our to-do list, things like that. And it can be hard on our days off for us to actually rest, right? So I like to think of my days off as like, I can still do things, but what would it be like to do them slower, to do them more mindfully, to bring this more juicy, in-depth, present moment awareness to my everyday activities? That can be very healing to the nervous system to really slow down and let yourself experience the moments as they pass. Okay. Another thing that really helps is kind of getting creative with what you count as meditation. I know so often people are like, you should meditate every single day and it should look the same. You're sitting on a mat, your legs are crossed, your eyes are closed, you're breathing. Like Personally, I don't live a life where each of my days is the same and I have this very consistent rhythm. So what has helped instead is instead of grading myself on, did I sit on the mat and meditate today? Can I ask myself, in what ways have, have I brought mindfulness into my life as a practice all over the place in tiny little ways? Whether it's eating a mindful meal, stopping to take three deep breaths, maybe reading or contemplating some like poetry or lyrics or something that's uplifting. Is it a slow, mindful walk? Is it a ritual, mindful, exfoliating session after a shower? Maybe some warm, scented body oil. It's actually a yoga practice called Abhyanga. It's this practice of slowly and meditatively or mindfully just applying oil or lotion. You can use whatever to each body part and just saying a moment of gratitude, like thank you hands for all of the love that you share. Thank you feet for all of the places that you take me. Thank you stomach for helping me digest food and thank you lungs and chest for helping me take deep breaths. Thank you, head, for housing my brain and allowing me to have the intellect to have this job in the first place. Okay, so you kind of slowly and mindfully go over each body part and just use that as a mindful moment. It's kind of like a self-care, mindful, um, meditative practice with the physical body, which I think is really cool. So get creative on what you count as meditation. 
Another thing that is helpful to bring into your days off is active recovery. So I like to say every day should have some gentle movement. So you're not going to necessarily be doing like an aggressive hit workout physical activity on all of your days off. Um, if that is something that you have found that serves you, by all means, continue. But at the very least, commit to some gentle, mindful movement. So is it a walk? Is it a yoga session? A dance party? I really like to just kind of like lay on the ground and just like do some cat cows, maybe do some stretching, maybe snuggle with my puppy um, and then go for a really long walk. If I have the energy, maybe a run. So some sort of like downtime activity, but that includes physical activity. One of the things I always remind my clients of is that physical activity in particular is the one thing that we can do that releases all four of the feel-good hormones your um, dopamine, your oxytocin, your serotonin, and your endorphins all get released with physical activity. It also helps us clean our blood through the lymph system, you know, it relies on physical activity. Um, and then of course, all of the cardiovascular benefits as well. So make sure you get some active movement in. And then I would spend some time listening to the following meditation. Okay. So we're just going to do this day off meditation. I have done this with so many of my courses and programs and clients, and I've always gotten really great feedback. These are just some affirmations, some things to remind ourselves. And let's just listen to them in a deep kind of meditative state. So when you're ready, sit up nice and tall. We're just going to check in with those deep diaphragmatic belly breaths. So maybe hands on your stomach, maybe one hand on your heart, one hand on your stomach. Long, juicy inhale in through the nose. Exhale. Big inhale, let your belly expand. Long, slow exhale. You can kind of repeat these concepts in your head or just kind of contemplate them as I say them. I am worthy of meticulous care, of slow, sensual pampering, of alone time, of time to recover, of time to process all that I've been through. I know that filling my cup is an essential part of giving to others. I let go of my feelings about my last shift, about my last patients, about my coworkers. I let go of all of it. I surrender, I let it go. Yes, I am a superhero nurse, but I'm also human and I need rest. It is not greedy or selfish for me to relish in downtime. Today, I release the need to be productive. Today, I release the need to be productive. Today, I release the need to be productive. I know that my productivity has nothing to do with my value or how much I am loved. I know that caring for myself today will help me love people and show up better tomorrow. I am not a victim to my job, my schedule, my to-do list, this past crazy year. I choose self-love and self-care and self-nurturing are my responsibility. Big inhale. And exhale. 
And you can flicker your eyes open. I hope that that list of affirmations can help you have just permission to go take really, really good care of yourself today on your day off. And of course, if it can't be a full day, like a half day, a couple hours, do what you can. Ask for people to help you. Identify the people around you who can help you get this time for yourself. Get creative and um, don't feel like you can't ask for help is the most important part. So take care of yourself today. And I hope that you are feeling much better after this practice. All right. See you later. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I, like I mentioned, I'm going to do a longer, fuller, more in-depth episode soon about really how to create kind of like a day off retreat almost for yourself, even if it's just for a couple hours. Um, just kind of going over that old workshop content. There were a couple things from that workshop I wanted to share with you in addition to the affirmations and meditation that um, were done prior. Um, but a couple of things. One, a reminder, a couple hours of like self-love practice, self-care practice regularly on your days off is a necessary part of your job as a caregiver. And you should factor that recovery time into your life into your time, into your schedule, into your money, into your budget, into how much childcare you arrange. You should factor that recovery time in, in the same way that like athletes, professional athletes would, they factor in recovery time. They don't just train every single day. They probably train really hard and then they have recovery days and that's part of their job. They're not just getting paid to like go out and like tackle people playing football part of their payment is that they will take good care of themselves and recover so they can do it again later. So just a reminder that rest and recovery days and day off practices and taking care of yourself is a necessary part of your job. And I just want to encourage you to take it as serious as you do um, of showing up on time and punching in for your nursing shift. Um, factor that recovery time into your schedule. So that looks like if you're going to work a bunch of days in a row, like don't schedule to, you know, be going on a trip the next day or having to entertain family, like figure out a way to put a buffer so you can have a recovery day. Because I promise you, your family, whoever you're going to hang out with, they will be better off if you take some downtime before you, you know, are hosting them or, you know, trying to tackle all of these things or, you know, immediately leaving to go out of town, etc. Obviously, there are exceptions and the flexibility of our of our job is really helpful, but just use that flexibility, please, 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 to have a supportive scheduled routine of self-care after a bunch of shifts in a row, okay? That recovery is part of your job. Okay, and then a couple other things from that workshop that I just want to snag for you to have and feel free to like stop this, pause this, write these down and journal these in your own time. But a couple journal prompts that are really helpful for your days off one, I'm grateful for, obviously, there. that's always the beginning of a good journal practice is starting with what you're grateful for. There's a reason for that. It rewires your brain to look for things that are pleasant, to look for things that you like, to look for things in your life that you are grateful for, that you want to keep noticing more of. It trains your brain to notice those things. The next one, what went well yesterday or this week at work? So if you work a bunch of days in a row and this is your first day off and you're kind of creating this little ritual or retreat time for yourself, what went well? 
start with that. Like, again, we're training our brain to look for the things that went well. Did you get a really difficult IV stick? Did you have a really complicated conversation with an employee or with um, a family or a patient? What went well? Did you finally feel like you just absolutely nailed your to-do list that you've created and you got to walk out of work feeling like, oh my God, I've got this down. Did you have a really good presentation? Um, what went well during this stretch of work or yesterday? The next one, what did you learn? So I promise you, you can all agree, like every single day in healthcare, you learn something new. Write it down. Because when you write that down, it like gets seared in your brain and you will never forget it. This next one is hard. Okay. Is there anyone I need to forgive? This one's really powerful because if you've done any like of my court, like longer courses, we almost always have some sort of forgiveness or surrender practice. <laughs> forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about you releasing the needs to keep like going over that scenario in your head. So was there a doctor that was really mean to you? Forgive them because you don't want to think about them anymore. Like let that shit go. Is there, you know, some sort of like, drama at work that you're like, I need to let go of that. I don't want to bring that into my, the rest of my life. How can I forgive that person or that situation? Is there anyone I need to forgive or forget or surrender? Is there anything I need to let go of? And then are there any changes that need to be made in my work life to help me feel more aligned with my goals, with your soul's purpose, with where you want to be in life? Is there anything that needs to shift? So that could look like, you know, requesting a more set schedule or finally trying to look at a day shift position or maybe giving back one of the OT shifts that you signed up for. Is there any changes that need to be made in my work life to help me feel more balanced, more aligned, et cetera? That could look like doing more meal prep so that you don't have to worry about food when you're, you know, getting skipped on breaks and things like that. Um, is it, you need to drink more water when you're there? Do you need to cut back on caffeine? Do you need to make sure that you have a commitment to getting rest and sleep? And then another question is what would make today feel amazing? So leaning into pleasure on purpose to kind of make up for the struggle and, and uh, suffering that is working in healthcare sometimes, what would, you know, make today feel amazing? And then doing nothing for yourself. And obviously that workshop that's going to become a full episode soon has way more in-depth um, process and practice for your day days off. But I wanted to just get you those kind of like quick, easy wins that you could start enacting now. Okay. couple reminders before we go. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so all of the new episodes will show up automatically in your app when they're released. Check out the show notes. There's tons of links for resources in there for our Facebook community, my website, the Bliss Planner that everybody loves, um, some wait lists and things like that for retreats. And then if you can send this podcast to maybe 10 of your nursing healthcare besties, maybe share it on social media, send it to a work group chat, your old college buddies, etc. And yeah, in closing, I hope that you are happy and I hope that you are well cared for. And I hope that on your days off, you are prioritizing rest and recovery um, because that is just as much a part of your job as punching in on time and showing up ready to take care of people at work. So glad you're here and stick around. There will be more. All right. See you later.